Hey guys. Hello everyone. How in the world are you? Send us some comments. We want to know. Yeah, so we're still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. A lot mm -hmm. of people are home. A lot of people are telecommuting. So a lot of people are on social media and their screens, which is increasing anxiety. Yes. So we're bringing you an episode from season one. Called Reading Every Day. Yep. So successful people, they read a lot more than they're on social media. Yes. And so we're going to implement that as well. We're going to try to get off our screens and try to get into some books. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll help with the anxiety. It'll help with the panic. Yep. Uh, we're also bringing you your the season finale here in the next few weeks yeah, for we this are. season. Uh -huh. And then we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back with season three. Yes, we are. So we'll, we'll keep wrapping in more successful habits or habits of successful people. But in the meantime, stay safe, guys. We'll see ya. The Morning Struggle Podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan, so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. Are my levels still good? Your levels are good. We're going to start talking louder than we usually do. Like we always do. Like we always do. So we always tend to be... Because then I get really excited about all the low stress and helps with sleep and yay, this is awesome. I know. The Meg. You want to know why the Meg comes up every single morning for me? Because you want to watch it? it? That and I'm I can, I'm looking at you and Jaws. Oh, mm -hmm. that makes more sense. Yep. So every morning I'm like, oh, I really want to watch that show. But you know, I won't be able to watch that show. And then get in the lake after. Yeah. So. So we're a family of movies. We're a family of movies? Yeah. What do you mean? And not so much a family of a reading. Look, look at it. Look at it down here in our little studio. What are you talking about? Can I call this a studio? Yes, absolutely. We move from the kitchen to the studio. Mm -hmm. Basement studio. Which is our like office room or guest bedroom in the mm -hmm. basement. Yeah, you can call that. We've got an entire movie theater in the other, other side do. of this basement. And movie theater posters. And then movie theater posters and on jaws. all the walls. <laughs> yeah, like your Jaws and your Indiana Jones. Yeah, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, similar. And the It's a Wonderful Life. That's my favorite. Classy. Mm-hmm. So, and how many bookshelves do we have in our house? Oh, we have a lot of bookshelves, honey. Do we? Yeah, we do. We have an entire... Okay, let me rephrase. How many bookshelves do we have that are full of books? One, two... Two. Three. No, two. Three. Two. I'll give you two and a half. Well, because we have one that's all the kiddos. Right. And then I have one that's in my closet. Okay. And then I have one that's in the basement of all of our books that the kids wanted to rip up when they were little. Right. So so this habit, the habit we're talking about today is? Reading daily. Reading daily, which we have not done in a long time. We go yeah. through spurts. Spurts This isn't is like accurate. a new thing for us, but we go through, definitely go through spurts. And we've definitely been on a TV movie binge instead of a reading binge for the well, last while. But bringing up this subject was kind of interesting because I spend a lot of time looking up very specific research. Like if I'm going to be talking about emojis, I look up all the research of emojis. Right. But I haven't really, probably for, I don't know, and I can blame it on the kids, but it's just our problem. Yeah. Um, 
for quite a while, not sat down and read a book, a read, book book. Read a book. Like, mm-hmm. And I would do the same thing. I'd search the internet for random topics, you know, all the time. Yeah. But I would never like sat down and like, hey, this person put a lot of time and effort into this 300 page, you know, nonfiction book. I'm right. going to read it. Right. I'm going to read it. I'm going to get some something out of it. So we have implemented that habit back into our life. Yeah, it's been which good. Which a lot of successful people, pretty much all successful people do. Yeah. Which we're, I want to discuss. Is that a causation or a correlation? Well, that, I think that's with all these habits. They're like a little bit of both maybe. Yeah, because I think that naturally maybe somebody reads more. Right. And then they have, they have more knowledge on something. Right. Or maybe they are successful and want to learn more about their successful path or something. And yeah. Okay. Wham, wham. I don't know. So let's learn about reading. Let's do it. This day in history. So the history of reading. So we've done we've done a lot of like history of written language and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to talk about that today. There. We're going to talk about the reading habits, some reading habits of successful people, oh, I like, like what it. they actually do. But we're also going to go back a little bit into like western reading and reading as we see today. Okay. So reading back in the day ancient times. Mm-hmm. We're talking Greece, you know, with Aristotle and Socrates and Plato. Okay. Love those guys. I know you do. They're my, they're the big three. They're, they're like the rat pack of ancient <laughs> Greece. They, during those times and even up through like the medieval times, reading was oral. You would read aloud to people in a gathering. Oh. that's And they don't really know when that kind of switched. And they think that people still read quietly to themselves, but it wasn't a common practice. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Books were really hard to come by. They yes, were handwritten. Very valuable. Right? Very valuable. Not just for wealthy people, but for like elite scholar wealthy people. Like right. Only a very select few people had books. So if only one person in your whole entire town has a television, it's not going to be like, man, that guy with a television, he gets to watch all these shows. It's like everybody comes over and everybody listens to me read this book. Right. You know, that's that's that makes what sense. it was. So yeah. that's why they had all the... Like the um, amphitheater speeches and things like that in ancient Greece, oh, people would sense. read from texts for people's entertainment. I feel like that's a lot of pressure for the one guy who can read. It is a lot of pressure because you have to pronounce, pronunciate everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. You have to speak with good inflection and intonation. Mm. Like it's, it's a rough job. So reading it silently is a lot easier than reading aloud. Oh, yeah. So about the time, this is kind of controversial, but they're thinking around the 1700s, it became more and more popular to read quietly. Okay. And it was a societal thing. And I think the reason for this is in the 1400s, in 1439, um, the Gutenberg printing press was invented. Oh, so books were more available. And did you know the only reason we know it was around that time is because it was in a lawsuit? Someone sued the company that was making the Gutenberg printing press. There it is. There it is. The law keeps us in order. Yeah. But anyway, so the printing press came about and it was easy to mass produce type. Right. And then... In the 1700s, 1800s, that it, it kind of from 1439 until about the 1800s, mm-hmm. it stayed pretty much the same thing, like 200 pages a minute, you know, kind of hard to set up into these like cylinder rolls and then eventually offset printing, but like hot hot ink type, you know, things like that came about in the later years Okay, where you could pull pump out like 8,000 pages a minute where oh, you could wow. really mass produce books. Mm-hmm. So then I think it became a little more popular to have books or a little more accessible to have books mm-hmm. during those times. Right. And at the time in the 171800s it was a very societal thing. So if you were wealthy mm-hmm. or well off, you had books. 
and you were oh. able to read. I think it's interesting that the books are seen as so valuable because I still feel like a, a physical book is incredibly valuable. Like we do the Yule flood right. in, around Christmas time and like getting a book is, is this big treasure. Right. And so I so, think it's interesting that it really they, is. It's a treasure. They were. I mean, back in the day, they were probably the most valuable thing that people could have yeah. besides gold, you know? So anyway, um, so then it became like a societal thing. Rich mm-hmm. people and wealthy people were able to read. And then it became more of a, a, a quiet read, a self read kind of, kind of pastime. I think that's just because there were more books available oh. and maybe less social gathering for that reading. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, so more more of like an entertainment and less of like an educational. No, no, not even that. Oh. Just just the accessibility. Now, if if one person in your village has a, a TV, everybody goes and watches that TV. Right. More people start having TV. It's less oral. People can do it in their own homes. And oh, then, okay. And like a lot of people have TVs. You just do your own TV thing. That's fair. So I, I think that's probably what it is. If I'm wrong, someone make a comment. Do it. And be like, that's not the reason why. And do bold type, all capitals with exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Please. Because it really gets your point across. Cause it gets, I, and I like being yelled at. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's talk about some the history of some successful people um, reading oh, habits. Oh, nice. Yeah. So well, let's do some modern ones that are alive today. And then I'm going to talk about my favorite president and his reading habits. And I'm going to let you guess which president this is. <laughs> you have a favorite president? Yeah. So so when you look up like the reading habits of successful people, right. it always comes up with the reading habits of wealthy people. Yes, I and, noticed that as well. And so I, I hate that we equate success, total success, to wealth. Yep. Now, wealth is a, a very easy quantitative metric to determine someone's financial success right because it's countable mm-hmm. i have one million dollars i don't have a million dollars sorry everybody i have 16 dollars you know <laughs> so like i am not very successful but you know warren buffett who is worth billions of dollars mm-hmm. very successful financially right right and actually like warren buffett a lot so i don't want to use him as ex- example because like he's buffett like a well. better better father than i was and he's like he's like good no well, he's a good dude i think he actually had some issues there there's a good autobiography oh my no gosh. biography about warren okay. buffett it's right. worth reading. Anyway, so success of financial uh, success. I got I way would, off tangent. Yeah, you did. Well, so I think it's, I think that like as a society, we treasure money. Right. So if it would have gone a different way, we would have had who has the most books and I would win that yeah, one. You would not. You have two and a half bookshelves. No, I have a bunch of boxes of books. But but like the but the, the whole wellness spectrum. Like yes. If you take, take it agree. like and break it down to five areas. Like physical and emotional and spiritual, mm-hmm. and mental, and environmental. Like the environmental with financial wealth, I mean, boom, you're good. But maybe you have no spirituality, so you have right. no like deeper purpose. Maybe you have no social structure, so mm-hmm. you're alone. You know, maybe you you don't keep your mind right or your body healthy. Right. So you, these are these are things of a total success package. Yes. But for now, we'll talk about wealthy people. Let's do it. Okay. So Bill Gates reads fifty books a year. Holy crap. That's about a book a week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oh. Elon Musk taught himself how to build his rocket ships by reading. No way. That's it. Just re- was reading books, how to He's build He's going to the library. Yeah. He's getting himself some rocket Excuse ships. Excuse me. Do you have any books on how to build giant rockets that can go to the moon? And like, oh, okay. Well, sure. Yeah, I guess we do. Um, and then, <laughs> of course, Warren Buffett. He yeah. reads, He says he reads 500 pages a day. It's yeah. It's a lot. It's 80% of his time in reading. Oof. That's a lot of reading. Now, do these people read that much and are successful because of it? 
or do they read that much because they have time to read that much because they're successful? Well, or mm-hmm. do they read that much because their personality enables them to want to read that much, which also that personality makes them successful? Yeah. So Joe Blow like me, who's like, I'd rather watch TV, but I'm going to read my 500 pages. Do I become more successful? Or does the behavior of someone who reads and wants to gain knowledge. That's what reading is, gaining knowledge. Well, and that's and that's really what I found is trying to, f- to figure this out, kind of shake all of this this type of thing out. And then how much time you have to read to be successful. That's been one of those things like, give me an exact time. Okay, so we're going to go into the science of yours in a second. Yeah. But let me do one last thing. Who do you Let's think do my, fa- my favorite president is? President Lincoln. Oh, he's a great president. Okay. My, he's in my top three, five, maybe. See, you know what I think top is three. weird is we've been, how long have we been married? How long? 12 years. 12 years. I have never even thought to ask you what your favorite president is. Not even I once. I think that's like a date three thing. I don't it's think like, so. I don't think people ask each other what, so who their like, favorite president is. Do you have any food is. allergies? What do you like to do on your mm-hmm. weekends? Who's your favorite president? Right. Mine is Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yes. I like Teddy Roosevelt. He's, he, he did so many cool things with so the national cool parks. And, yeah, the national yeah. parks, everything he did as president. Yeah. But just the person he was. He was like a, a sportsman extraordinaire. And that mustache. Uh, the mustache, too. But mm-hmm. like bar fights and like Savannah <laughs> expeditions. And he was crazy. But anyway, he would read a book a day. And no they way. said in, in a biography mm-hmm. that he would devour his books like he devoured everything else in his life he would read them and he'd rip a page out and he'd throw it on the floor what? and just he would read and then when he was done with the book he'd <laughs> he'd discard it uh-huh. he'd get in his pajamas okay he has nice pajamas mm-hmm. and then he'd get his revolver and put his revolver down on next to his pillow as Oof. a precaution okay and go to sleep because he had finished everything he needed to do that day oh my gosh this guy like, Teddy think about that. Inten- if he wasn't president, he'd just be some crazy guy who sleeps in nice pajamas with a revolver he might, next to him. He, he might have been a little eccentric. But anyway, that's the reading habit of successful people and some history of reading as we see it today. See, you want to know my favorite one? What? Um, president Lincoln. Yes. Because he, somebody wrote a, a biography about him and it said that he read a certain book in the, in the, uh, the bi- biography and he hadn't. And so he ran out and read it real quick because the biography said that he had Honest read that Abe. book. I know. Honest, like, he, I love he that. a great president. All I feel like he wasn't head. ripping up pages and sleeping in cozy no. pajamas. No, he, he was a fighter. Abe Wasn't he was a, a boxer? He was a boxer when he yeah. was younger. All these, all these great presidents were just like spitfire guys that yeah. would knock your teeth out if you didn't do the right thing. Yeah. So anyway, let's go, let's go back to reading. Okay, off, to, off on a tangent. And the science of reading. Okay, so the science behind reading was really interesting to me. Um, again, there's lots of things that contradict each other, specifically like successful, and I put this in quotes, successful people versus wealthy people versus people with high amount of resources. Like th- this is where that starts getting murky when you're trying to you know, swim through this kind of research. But um, the University of Sussex found that it lowers stress, which kind of makes sense. So if you read um, for even just six minutes, six minutes, six minutes a day, it reduces your stress up to 80 or 68%. 68% for six minutes? For six minutes. That's like a Xanax. It is like a Xanax. Well, and it kind of depends on what you're reading. 
So if it's something that, um, that you, in, it's like an enjoyable read and right. how they define it is something that you are enjoying reading, not necessarily like uh, fiction or nonfiction or an autobiography or they didn't, they didn't. Uh, go down to like what specifically it was just something that just you're what you enjoy and that could be nonfiction autobiographies mm-hmm. that could be fantasy novels whatever yep. it is yeah but it, you need just, to enjoy it you need to enjoy it six minutes and it lowers your stress by 68 percent, which is crazy to me yeah um it helps you sleep which makes sense because your uh stress level goes down significantly so you're able to to re to sleep better as long as it's a real book or it doesn't have the backlit so you need the like the amazon ink ink pages or whatever, right? The Kindle ink paper. Yeah. And paper I don't... white, paper white or whatever it is, or an actual book. So it can't be backlit, which is just a screen. Right. Right. So, so no so, reading on your computer or iPad. Yeah. Yeah. So because it, it doesn't, the backlit messes with the melatonin in your um, brain when it has that light. Um, and it, and the book needs to be engaging and it's best if it is not about work or career purposes. Okay. So for instance, what book are you reading right now? Uh, what doesn't kill us? Right. So, so that would actually be an okay book to help you sleep because it, wait, can I stop? Yes. Cause we, I talked about this on the last podcast and uh-huh. we're about a week between podcasts. Yeah. And I definitely read a book a week. So I'm, I just finished. Yeah. I already finished it. On the I totally finished one. it like last week. No, mm-hmm. I'm on like page 16. You keep falling asleep. I know. What's funny is you'll be laying there and then you'll stop and then you'll do some weird exercise, like a breathing exercise or something. And I'll be the reading. Wim, the Wim Hof breathing method. Yep. I don't know. But you're sitting there like holding your breath and then breathing really fast. I know what you're like, because the, the Blackfish documentary, the, uh-huh. the one about the killer whales talked about that breathing technique about hyperventilating before you go under for a long period of time because right. it brings oxygen to your, to your blood for longer and your body. It actually eliminates CO2. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. So it eliminates CO2 from your body, which is your body's sensory to, if you need to expel carbon dioxide, it's actually, we can't judge how much oxygen we have in our body, but we can judge how much carbon dioxide we have in our body. When oh. that waste product builds up, we need to exhale, exhale to get it out of our body. That's the breathing response. Oh, that's very cool. Anyway, anyway totally reading, off subject, but, but that's an okay book because it's not directly like if you were dealing with like fire command or the kind of these more intense situations, um, that would not be the book you'd want to read in the evening. That would be something you would do in like your task read time. Okay. Um, that, that your book is perfect because then you can kind of do these breathing exercises and, and fall asleep. And fall asleep. Exactly. Um, okay. So here, riddle me this. It makes you a better leader. Huh. I don't know. No, yeah. I, I, got, I got no reason why. Yeah. So what's interesting is that individuals who read for just 30 minutes a week reported a stronger sense of empathy. Okay. Okay. And then the ability to approach a situation um, being genuine and relate to the other person. I have no idea why that would be. But Well, okay. so what they found is that, so the amount of time that you spend reading is about the amount of time that you you spend pondering your book. Oh, okay. Okay, so um, you kind of reread it in your head and and take those points and you kind of ponder it. And so by you actually learn from the leaders in your books, you learn from techniques or mistakes that they made, and then you start trying to implement it into your world just by pondering it. Oh, so there you go. So even if you go into like autobiographies of successful people that might be or one- biographies because well, or successful people, wealthy people, like reading those because... They're inspirational. Okay. And even now you ponder inspirational 
achievements or habits. And so, okay, yeah, it makes sense. So you sit there and you go, oh, well, and then then you start trying to implement certain things that they did or didn't do in your life. Okay. Okay, so think of it as practice, your practice, practice, practice. Um, Better decision-making. Okay. Yeah. Is that just cognitive function improvement? Yeah, so adults make around 35,000 decisions every single day. What? Yep. Even down to like... Am I going to use this cup for my coffee or this cup? Or what am I going to eat for lunch? Or when am I going to go to lunch? Yeah, 35,000. That's a lot. That's a lot of decisions to be made. And what happens is that reading improves our memory. Okay. Okay, because we have to recall back chapters and what facts and things. Concentration and your, and your ability to process information goes up. Okay. And that's, you know, you're practicing that. You're developing that part of your brain. Again, it's a skill. You're it's a skill again, a skill. and and that's really what all of these things are: is developing a skill. Helps you avoid making impulsive and irrational judgments, because in books, that's all that's about is like having an opinion, and then um, as you go along, either the p- opinions solidified or deteriorated. Okay. So so kind of it it helps you along that process of like, oh, well, maybe this person isn't really like this. Maybe this is situational. That kind of thing. Um, and then by pondering your novel, like you do about equal amount of time that you read it, you're unconsciously preparing yourself to deal with situations that demand critical thinking and balanced des- decision making. Wow. Okay. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And then lastly, um, higher emotional intelligence. Do you know what emotional intelligence is? My uh, EI. Your EI. <laughs> EIO? Yeah, that one. Yeah. I don't know what is emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence. intelligence is having the ability to to tell how you you are feeling, what you need to regulate yourself, and then being able to see emotion in others and maybe what they possibly need or how you should react to that situation emotionally. So I don't have a very high Very EI. low, baby. Very low. Very okay. low. But by reading... I can improve gonna, it. You're going to improve it. Okay. And, and what happens is that we view characters... Um, internal thoughts and actions, because it's usually, you know, you usually get an idea of what the character is thinking and it's a form of intimacy. So you're in, you're with them in their most intimate moments and it reduces personal, um, prejudices because you're, you're learning about that human internally and how they're reacting to their environment. So it's, it's, again, it's a practice way of going about understanding another human in an emotional way. But just like all these other skills, it essentially reduces stress and makes you smarter. Yep. So maybe successful people, it's a causation and correlation. I I think they probably build on each other. Absolutely. And I think that's with all psychological things. Right. For the most part, I think that, um, and and having the, the goal of developing something and whether you lack in it or you don't, um, go, going out and taking action and then that's part of your day-to-day conscious or unconscious thinking. So if okay. I want to be more emotionally intelligent, I'm going to take action on that every single day. So whether that's causation or, or correlation, I mean, who knows? Know, who knows? I but mean, it works. But it works. Regardless, if you haven't done it before, you can mm-hmm. start doing it and it works. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So practice, practice, you don't, practice. You don't have to be a natural reader for this to, to have a, a very positive benefit. Right. Well, and I'm a, I'm a slow reader. Like I'm, Me too. I'm tr- I'm trying to be faster. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm trying to develop that skill along with everything else. Like I'm I'm reading this book, um, Sex Made Simple, uh-huh. and it's a, a clinician book for like the beginning stages of sex therapy, okay. and how that works and how to like assess whether you need to so straight send them missionary. Off. Got it. Yes. <laughs> this oh we got it we got to do an explicit stamp on the podcast now. Oh what is it? Explicit Mich- talks about sex, not for young kids. 
that well we didn't really talk about sex it's it's a clinical book like we're not this part out (laughs) what are you talking about this one right out this is a good part that's the book i'm reading okay anyway yeah so um yeah so i'm a kind of a slow reader but i'm developing that skill and along the the way developing a lot of other skills cool cool i like it all right um coffee yeah this is the ending of our 1850 yeah so here we're gonna do we got to stop. We got to do a pause so, so we can do the song. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got to give, I, I'm going to, I don't know who the, the person who writes the song is. It's Creative Commons, but I'm going to give him credit because this song is awesome. I like it a lot too. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes So our coffee review We are not drinking our coffee fast enough Mm-mm. So we still have like the same coffees we've already reviewed We're trying to get through all the beans Yep Right? Mm-hmm So why don't we talk about the history of coffee The origin of coffee this morning Tell me about the history of coffee. So there's different um, regions where coffee comes from. Yep. Ethiopia, Yemen, um, areas like that. So the the popular legend, and this mm-hmm. is from the Spruce Eats. So I hope I hope it's good. Um, but um, Kaldi, he was from uh, Kaffa, and he had goat herds that ate the coffee beans, oh. and then the go- goats got all crazy, and so then he <laughs> ate the coffee berries. They're actually berries. Uh-huh. And then he got all crazy. And from there, boom, they discovered that caffeine in the coffee made you energetic. And so Yemen's got a similar history um, that they ate the coffee beans or whatever, and they got a, a, a buzz. Um, in actuality, they don't really know exactly when. They're thinking in Ethiopia was around the 9th century mm-hmm. um, AD. And then in Yemen, as early as 575 AD. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but it was... Uh, they think that they were they were the beans were actually just like ground up and then mixed in with other things like like ghee or something like that, oh, that to make a paste and then put on a ball put it into a ball okay and then eaten on like a long journey to give you energy um, oh and then they think that this might have been also been from like Sudanese slaves back around this time mm-hmm. that they would do this ball paste coffee concoction okay. to essentially survive the super harsh conditions of their slave labor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, in some areas of Kaffa mm-hmm. and uh, Sadamo, they actually still consume like coffee beans, like co- ground <laughs> coffee orally. Um, and they put in like clarified butter. And so, yeah. So I wonder uh, how many beans are in there because be, that could be like a big old uptick in caffeine in your body suddenly. I don't like know. ingest a ball of coffee beans i'm I'm guessing i want to do it yeah i'm on board yeah but anyway and then in yemen which might have been even you know uh before um actually they're saying like the middle of 15th century um when it was consumed by sufi monasteries so like the 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 religious people yeah coffee and they probably get heightened awareness when they do their their meditation yeah yeah so that's the origin of coffee ethiopian uh-huh. And Yemen, so which would be Africa, Middle East tip where right. a lot of these are grown. So I can see how easily this could become like a religious component, just because it does have such a shock to it, but not um, intoxication. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
So who who knows what 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 actually did you know when they actually did this or how it came about or who just decided because I don't think the beans taste very good like the berries. Well, that's that's why I would assume you'd have to mix it with something else to make it. And that's edible. probably why they mix it with like ghee, you know, because you the, want the, the element of like the the excitement element. But uh-huh. if you, I mean, a bean is hard to consume just like in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there's the history of coffee. Oh, I like that. So when you drink your coffee, you and Kafa, I think Kafa was the name of the city. Yeah. You and the people of Kafa have a long bond. Yeah. An ancient bond together of drink your coffee to get coffee. Heightened, uh, heightened, heightened awareness. Yeah. Okay. That's all, that's all I got today. I like that though. Next time we'll go back to reviewing actual coffee for people. I like putting in little pieces yeah, like little this. little tidbits. Okay, let's go back to reading. Let's do it. And let's talk about how we can help people and help ourselves mm-hmm. read more. Right. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Okay. So if we're up against people like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, we, this is a big animal. But they're pros. You, yeah. you got to, you, you, you can't say that. You, they, they've been doing this forever. They are skilled reading practitioners. Yes. So we need to start at square one. I like it. They're on the double black diamond. Oof. We need the green circles. That's, That's right. a skiing a, reference for everybody some, who doesn't ski. It's a skiing we're, reference. We're green circling it right now. Okay. Well, and so, and that's what I want everyone to not compare themselves to are these folks who are like doing this in a professional manner at this point. Um, so start slow and be kind to yourself. And Maybe I, with some kind self-talk. Yes. Oh, talk to yourself. We're circling around. Okay. Yeah, bring it around. But but you really do need to be kind to yourself because like if you are a slow reader or if, I mean, you haven't read in years, that it just means it's a skill that you haven't used in a long time. Right. So we want to make sure that we're being nice to ourselves. Um, and then I want you to read six to 15 minutes before bed. And we've talked about this before that the um, brain is very active 10 minutes um, before, before you go to bed and 10 minutes after you wake up. Yeah, exactly. So um, if that stuff, I'm looking for an enjoyable read because we, we want that element of relaxation and reducing sleep, but something that's engaging to you. Okay. But okay. but they did say successful people, a lot of them read nonfiction, biographies and autobiographies, while a lot of poor people read for entertainment, magazines, tabloids, fantasy And I'm novels. saying enjoyable. I'm not saying... Um, nonfiction fantasy or I'm not okay, solidifying so, that. So, so again, it's enjoyable. Okay. Like you are really enjoying your book about yeah. It's breathing. nonfiction, yeah. Yeah, it's nonfiction. Okay. Or if you're if you're reading like an autobiography, right. um, that might be very enjoyable to you. Okay. Okay. So, so it's enjoyable. I'm not talking about what it actually is. Because okay. I like I'm reading my Sex is Simple or right. sex, sex Made Simple, but I'm also reading like the Little Mermaid Twisted Tale thing. Right. Okay. Right. Because I'm enjoying that as well. So um, so maybe the beginner kind of thing you read, you can read your fantasy novels or whatever and enjoy it. And then hopefully over time, you just enjoy reading more where you can bring in some more substantial reading to gather knowledge later on if you'd like. Well, hear me out. So, okay. so six to 15 minutes should be the enjoyable read. I don't care what it is. Oh, okay. Okay. But then... Riddle me this here. 30 minutes to four hours of career task reading a week. Okay, a week. A task reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four hours a day. I want you to quit your job. That's Buffett level. And then, no, but um, but the, I, I'm calling it task reading because it's reading specific to your career, skill development. It is not a fiction or 
non or it's not a fiction. Yeah. It's, it's nonfiction. Yeah. It's a nonfiction. So something it's a skill to, based. to gather knowledge. When yes. you read your twisted tales, it's entertaining and it reduces stress and it's great and you enjoy it. Right. But you're not taking any knowledge from that book and able to apply it in any other aspect of your life. No, I'm not okay. learning anything from The Little Mermaid. I'm just right. enjoying her story, right? Okay. So that is where, like, you could do what you're doing, where you are doing a nonfiction book for both that enjoyable read and that task read. Okay. But but for, like me, I'm going to do my enjoyable read is going to be The Little Mermaid. And my task read is going to be sex made So you can do like 15 minutes of your enjoyable read and then immediately put that book down and then do another 15 minutes of your, of your task read? As long as it's still enjoyable to you. Okay. Because the, the, the key buff before bed is this relaxation reducing sleep. Okay. So the, the, you do your enjoyable read before bed. Mm-hmm. And then so if you need task reading, which you're not super psyched on, you mm-hmm. do that a different time. Right. Okay. Like when college kids are, are, and I was right in this bracket, right before bed, trying to smash through chapters in a book they didn't want to read, right. it's really rough and it, re- right. it increases stress and then you don't sleep and then you don't right. do well on the exam. Blah, blah, okay. blah, blah, blah. So, um, and if you're not, if you're not reading right before bed, um, do get that, this enjoyable read in someplace. Okay. okay? And, and probably by reducing television. There was yes. a study that said 67% of successful people watch less than an hour of TV a day. Right. And I don't know what the matrix for successful was or the, you know, whatever the value for successful, but that's not a lot of TV. And if you just took out, you know, cause we watched how much TV yesterday? I don't know. Two hours. Yeah. Probably about, probably about two, two hours. hours. If we took an hour of that away and just watched one hour, mm-hmm. we're watching lost again, by the way. Yeah. Like, we are watching binging lost. it. But if we took an hour of that away mm-hmm. and read our half hour or whatever it was an hour before bed, we'd read. Yeah. Could have been two hours of reading realistically okay yeah well and and uh and we should do another episode on tv watching but like we don't have a television in our upstairs area yeah like the only um official tv watching area would be in the movie theater area in our basement in our basement that's it um and so yeah so if you reduce your tv watching and you instead read it's that's good for you. Okay. Um, and then create create at least two times a day, if possible, that can become routine reads. So I put here before bed um, with no bla- uh, backlight and then a task read for at least 15 minutes. Okay. So so you, we just we really want this to be a routine as well because then we just kind of like, oh, I should be reading. Right. Versus like if we're plopping down and watching TV for an extended amount of time. Right. Um, at some point we're going to go, Oh, I gotta, I gotta read. Like I, it's almost time for bed. I got to get my reading in. Or all of a sudden saying, I haven't read in years. I'm going to read a book a week. And then you yeah. burn yourself out after three days. You're like, nah, I don't want to read anymore. Like all I've done is read. It's awful. Yeah, nice and easy, short bursts right. to get, to build up. Cause it's a skill. Again, it's a skill. Right. And you don't go to the gym for the very first time in years. Be like, let's lift all of these weights. All Every of them. Every single weight in here. <laughs> I'm picking it up. <laughs> you're like, all right, I'm going to start slow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so again, I want everyone to be kind to themselves as they go through this process because like you said, it's a skill and find things that are actually interesting to you. Don't try to power your way through something. Okay. Like if I, if I got really embarrassed about the little mermaid, um, I wouldn't be reading it and it's enjoyable to me. But then I also have this really exciting clinical book that I'm reading that I'm also enjoying. And so find things that are actually interesting to you so that this reading task is an enjoyable. Right. And just know if it's teen fiction, 
all adults read teen fiction. Yeah, don't be embarrassed. The Hunger all. Game was okay. Hunger Games was not read by just teenage girls. No, it did not become a franchise <laughs> by that. Middle-aged men like me read this book and loved it. <laughs> exactly. So just read what you what is enjoyable, and you're doing it in bed anyway. Yeah, think of it as just like a little just treat. Keep it by your bed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So 15 minutes before bed. Um, uh, not a fictional read, uh, an enjoyable read. Enjoyable read. 15 minutes before bed and then 15 minutes sometime 15 during 30. the day. 15 to 30. Or four hours. <laughs> of a task. We'll just start with 15. Yeah, 15 of a, of a task. task read. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you start building that where you enjoy reading more. You yep. cut down some of the other vices in your life like television mm-hmm. and you start reading more often and then you start gathering more knowledge. You use that knowledge for successful practices in your life. Yep, moving forward. All right. Let's go out there and get it done then. Let's go read some books. Yeah. Build a better you. Thank you.